0: You are listening to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 32. Good morning, friends. Welcome to the podcast. It's a beautiful day here in Michigan. I'm just loving the sunshine and what better day... Then today, to talk about money. That's right. Today, I want to talk about money. When I was thinking about this podcast this morning and what I was going to talk about and writing my outline, I thought of the song from Mamma Mia. Money, 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 always sunny in a rich man's world. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry about that. I just had to break into song. I didn't mean to expose you to my, my crazy brain, where it goes to the songs. But anyway, let's talk about money. As we talk about issues that face veterinarians every day, one of the constants is money. Doctor, don't you care about animals? Doctor, won't you do this for free? I can't afford it. It's one of the reasons that we go to work every day to earn money. But it's one of the big reasons that our job is so difficult. Money discussions are frustrating, but really necessary in what we do. And one of the big reasons that our career is so stressful is when clients don't have money. Almost every veterinary visit results in some form of money discussion. The examination costs, the vaccine cost, blood testing, radiographs, your analysis, It always comes down to how much can you spend on your pet? And these are the questions that we constantly have to answer. And these issues separate us from most other professions. It kind of puts us on the level of car mechanics, which can be frustrating with the amount of time we spend in school and on school, the amount of money we spend on school When we come down to this car mechanic mentality, and no offense to car mechanics, they're amazing people and we all need them, but when our profession gets on that level of bargaining over every penny, it really doesn't always feel like medicine. Now, what we do in our practice to try to alleviate some of the embarrassment of the client practice negotiation around money is to offer treatment plans with the financials clearly stated to the client before the treatment starts. We often get a deposit when the client comes in for emergencies, and we have to keep really good records around all the conversations and get the most information we can from the client. If money does become a big issue, we have a starting point. I think one of the reasons this gets to be so difficult for us is we have been trained in the medical profession to do our best work. When you go to a human doctor or in human hospitals, we don't always have to ask about prices because our insurance company will pay for it. And we really don't care what the cost is many times. And our clients are the same. They go to their doctor and they don't have to worry about the cost. They just want the service. And because So few of our clients in veterinary medicine carry insurance on their pets, we end up doing this financial dance, this negotiation around money. And that's very difficult for people that are medically minded like we are and people that want to do the very, very best for the pet. It puts us in this precarious situation. I have a couple stories about this because I thought that you all could relate to what happened to me in the last couple of weeks. So the first story is a woman rushed into our office with her cat that was in cardiac failure. It was in extreme respiratory distress. It could hardly breathe, and it was basically dying. So my technician ran out to the reception area, saw the shape that this cat was in, because the receptionist had asked us to come up there and assess the pet. And the technician immediately took the cat from the owner, ran it back to our surgery area, our treatment area, to get the patient on oxygen and start some emergency treatment. And they called me back there and I was examining the pet and starting an assessment, trying to figure out what to do next. And the receptionist And the technician in the front of the hospital were making up an emergency financial plan for this cat and presenting it to the owner, because that's kind of how we've got it set up. We'll start working on the emergency, but then we'll have someone else go up and talk to the client about money. Now, keep in mind that this particular woman was a client we had never seen before at our hospital, so we had no history of any of her pets, and we had no frame of reference for her financial situation so when I got the cat to the point where it was somewhat stable I went into the exam room to talk to this woman about her seriously ill cat and the possible diagnosis possible treatment options and diagnostic plan and at that time when I walked into the room this woman informed me that she had no money she basically said I have no money I have no way to pay for this treatment Because I'm in the process of buying a new house and all of my money is tied up with the credit situation with the bank around this house. And she then went on to insist that even though she didn't even have $1 to put towards this cat situation, she insisted that I treat the cat. And she promised me that she would be able to pay by the end of the week once the house was settled. And she didn't really say it in exact words, but she basically implied and gave me this intense feeling that if I didn't treat her cat today for free, that she would trash me on social media for turning away her and her dying cat. And I could feel from this woman that I was being played. It was super uncomfortable. She was backing me into the quote, Doctor, don't you care about animals corner that we're all backed into at some point in our career? The short version of the story, and I won't go into the whole detail about this whole situation, but I'm using it as an example of what happens to us frequently and how uncomfortable it can be. But the short story is that I spent the next five hours of my day working very hard to try to save this seriously ill cat And that I wasn't really thinking that I was going to get paid for any of it. And my veterinary team spent hours of their time dealing with this situation, going back and forth with this woman, negotiating with this woman. It was very uncomfortable and she was very threatening. Why do we have to play this financial game? It's not really fair. We work so hard every day and we pay for all the things in our hospitals And why do these clients think that we can do all this for free? Now, this client, this particular client, even though she was threatening me and telling me that if I didn't treat her cat that was dying, that she was going to go on the internet and tell people how heartless I was, the whole time she was talking on a cell phone. She drove to my office in a car. She had two kids with her that looked basically well-fed The cat was basically well-fed, and how could she not even have a dollar to give me for all that I was doing to work on this cat? The other thing that happened during this situation, which was even more unbelievable, is that she told me that she regularly visited another veterinary clinic, and she clearly told me that had she taken her cat to her own veterinary clinic, that they would have been happy to treat it for free. So I got the name of the veterinary clinic and I called there. When I called there, they told me they had no record of this woman or her cats. So that was another really interesting part of the story. And I called a second hospital because when I went back in and said, this hospital has no record of you, she gave me another name. They had not seen her either. So that just goes to show that clients will lie and they will manipulate us. So what are we supposed to do in this situation? With this woman and this dying cat, my office staff and I decided to try to get her some assistance from our local humane organization. And when we did that, the woman refused to give them the proper financial information to help her apply for assistance. Because this cat was dying and knowing full well that I would never see a dime from this woman or this family, I went ahead and treated this cat to the best of my ability. It's just so unfair, and it's something that we deal with so often. So issue number one is clients have to pay for veterinary services out of pocket, and in most instances, our clients don't carry pet insurance, and many of them don't even think about having some money put aside to take care of their pets when an emergency arises. And so that leads to so many difficult conversations in the exam room around our diagnostic recommendations and our treatment options. And our hands are tied in many instances. We want what's best for the pet, but we are constrained by client's budget restrictions. I read a study and it was from 2017, so it's a slightly dated, but I think it's probably still pretty accurate that said that less than 1% of American dogs and cats are insured and the average price for pet insurance is $43 for a dog and $30 for a cat. In that same article, it talked about the average transaction in a veterinary hospital is anywhere from $150 to $250. So that means that out of all the pets that we see, including the really expensive procedures The average is less than what most people spend for their weekly food allowance. So why do we get so much pushback on our fees? According to these results, almost all veterinarians have encountered clients with serious financial constraints. About 97% of the respondents said that they have been forced to recommend a less expensive medical solution because the client could not afford the most effective solution. And I would say that that's even more than 97%. I think we've all been in that situation. The study said that 90% of veterinarians had to euthanize a pet because the owner couldn't afford treatment. And I would argue that it's probably even higher than that. I can't imagine a veterinarian out there that hasn't had to make these difficult calls. How do we deal with this? How do we keep this from getting to us? It seems like the vast majority of our clients don't understand basic economics. They don't understand that you go to work, you make a dollar, you pay your taxes on that dollar, and then you get to choose the way you spend it. The key thought here is, is that the client gets to choose where to spend their money. And they all have this pot, so to speak, of discretionary income. It's called part of their family finances. And they get to choose where to spend it. They get to choose to adopt a pet or buy a pet in some cases. And then we have to hope that they've considered the financial ramifications of that decision. But as we know, oftentimes they don't. And pets are considered property. And that client that owns that pet has control of our relationship with that pet. It is out of our control. So how do we wrap our mind around that? How do we keep from being stressed out or upset about a client's decision about their pet? The first thing we have to do is realize that it's very easy for us to judge our clients when they can't spend money on an ill pet. I had a lot of judgment for this woman who didn't have a dollar to give me, threatened me to go to the internet and trash me if I didn't help her because she was trying to buy a new house. It's really hard not to be judgy about that, right? I'm thinking, "What? You're going to threaten me because you're buying a new house?" That's where my brain wants to go. So it's really easy for us to judge them. But have you ever been in a situation where you wanted something really badly and you could not afford it? Think about that. Did you ever go somewhere and think, "Ooh, I really want to buy X whatever it is, a new TV, a new computer. I was in the Apple store the other day with my son and I have a perfectly good iPad that has very low storage. And so I'm constantly having to switch around my apps to make more space on it. So the first thing I thought when I walked into the Apple store is, ooh, I'd like to buy a new iPad. But then when I started thinking about it, I thought, well, do I really wanna spend my money on a new iPad that I don't really need? First world problem, right? But here we are, not judging ourselves for that decision, but judging a client for their decision because we're thinking that we know better. So if I can't judge myself for not buying the new iPad because I feel like I can't afford it, I don't want to judge myself. Why do we think it's okay to judge a client? It's just a fact. Too little money in the account, for the thing that you desperately want. So why do we judge our clients for that? Why do we become frustrated when they make a financial decision, they refuse our best care because of their finances? And if you think about it, most of the clients don't act as this client did. They don't act nasty, they don't threaten. Most of our clients don't blame us for their financial predicament. I had a woman yesterday that came in with a dog that was quite ill and it needed some diagnostics and she just cried because she felt like her hands were so tied and she didn't have the money to do everything that I wanted to do. So I had sympathy for her, much more sympathy than I had for the other client who was threatening me. But why is that? Most of our clients don't guilt us. This lady didn't. Most of our clients don't say, oh, you must really not love animals, but because you'll not work for free. That's my favorite statement, but it's very rare that people say that to us. So is it really fair for us to have judgment around the ones that do? And many times if they make a negative comment or they threaten us like this woman with the sick cat did, it's more about their frustration about their life situation than it is about me, the veterinarian. Many of our clients are heartbroken about their limited finances. So then it becomes our job as veterinarians to not judge them and to love them no matter what their budget is and to try to help them no matter what. My job is to try to stabilize this cat and do what I can within a limited budget. Now, when the client says they don't even have a dollar, it gets a little tricky But if we can go to the mental space of it is not my job to judge because I don't expect other people to judge my personal finances and what I can spend on my pets or I can spend on a new iPad for my ridiculous example at the Apple store, it's our job just to support them and actually love them. So when we think about why do we feel stressed out about a client's financial situation it's because we're going into judgment mode rather than compassion mode. And compassion will lead us to thoughts of non-judgment and realizing that everybody has a financial ceiling and there's always levels of care. And if we strive to work within a client's budget and treat each pet with dignity, then we can avoid those thoughts of judgment and frustration and guilt and get back to the real business that we're in which is caring so let's work through this if i want to be a caring veterinarian instead of a judgmental veterinarian what do i need to think because we know from talking in the past that our thoughts are what creates our feelings so with this woman with the really sick severely ill cat and my mind immediately went to judgment and frustration so those were my feelings so the thoughts that i had that were creating those feelings of frustration were, why is this lady backing in me into a corner? Why is she threatening me? How dare she? What's the matter with this woman that all her money is tied up in this new house situation and now she's got the severely ill cat and she's putting it on me? Those were all the thoughts that were creating that judgment and frustration. So if I put myself in the exact same situation, with this exact same woman and this exact same cat, and I decide that instead of being judgmental and frustrated, I'm going to be caring and compassionate. What thoughts do I need to think in order to feel caring and compassionate? I can think things like, this woman doesn't understand how ill this cat is. She doesn't understand that this is going to be a really expensive treatment for this cat. If he even makes it because he had really severe heart disease, he's going to require cardiac workups. Excuse me. He's going to need cardiac workups. He's going to need referrals. He's going to need extended hospitalization. He's going to need multiple medications if he even does make it out of here. This lady doesn't understand this. She just thinks that I'm being the money grubbing veterinarian that's trying to get her cash from her that she needs for her new home. So if I can think things like, she just doesn't understand how serious this is. She thinks that this is going to be a simple treatment. Other thoughts that I could have would be, I am the expert here and I need to educate this woman that this cat is so severely ill that no matter what I do or no matter how much money we have to spend on this cat, he probably isn't going to do well. All these thoughts that I choose to have instead of the old thoughts of resentment and judgment, the positive thoughts of caring and compassion will lead me to take better actions because we know that our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings create our actions. If I can have compassionate thoughts and caring thoughts about this woman, I can move into taking action that serves her better and in the end serves the cat better. And I don't have to be stressed anymore. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to fret about it because it really truly isn't on me. It's on this client and her cat. My job is to be the caring, compassionate person explain to her the situation, regardless of her threats, regardless of the fact that she says she only has a dollar, I need to firmly and compassionately explain to her that this cat needs extensive treatment. And if she doesn't have the money to afford it, then perhaps we need to start making some decisions around what we need to do for her really sick cat. And all the time, keeping the cat comfortable while I do my job and explain. If I have these better compassionate thoughts, it takes all of it off of me. That's the beauty of this. I can control my mind in order to be a better person for this client, regardless of how ugly she gets. And I can have compassion for her because the reason she's threatening me is because she's feeling stressed. It's about her thoughts about the situation she's in. It doesn't have anything to do with me. It's all about her thoughts, creating her feelings of stress around her sick cat, the fact that she's trying to buy a house, the fact that she has kids that are upset about the sick cat. All these things that she's thinking are creating the way she's feeling and her actions that she's taking towards me. So if you can remember that when you're in this situation, it's going to be so much easier for you to come from a place of non-judgment and non-stress and do what's best for this woman and this cat, which is what we're here for. We're not just here for the pets. We like to think that sometimes. We like to think that our whole job revolves around just pets, but it doesn't. It revolves around our care of the pets and the people that bring them in. And sometimes that's the hardest part. Most of the time, that's the hardest part, dealing with the people. But that's what we signed up for, And we get to do it with love and compassion and non-judgment. It's all in our control. So the end of this story, I switched myself into compassion mode. I got out of judgment mode. I treated the cat to the best of my ability. I talked to the woman multiple times to try to educate her on what exactly was going on and the fact that money was indeed part of the decision because this cat was gonna need super intensive care in order to survive. And she eventually made a choice, a hard choice, a difficult choice. It wasn't the choice that I think she really wanted to make from the beginning, but because I spent my time with her and I was compassionate and I got out of that judgment mode about her house and the fact that she was threatening me and that she didn't even have a dollar in her wallet, we were able to negotiate a solution And eventually we did get paid. Eventually we did get her some help and it ended up being fine. And I ended up acting out of love rather than acting out of judgment. And that's so much less stressful to us every day to come from that place. So I would encourage you to think about that. The next time you're in a difficult situation with a client and you feel stressed out about all this money talk, go to the place of non-judgment. Go to the place of everybody has a limited amount of money, no matter how rich or how poor they are. There is a limit, and we all have to make these financial calls every day, and it's just part of it. And think about when you start to feel judgmental about a client or you start to feel stressed or frustrated around a financial situation in your clinic. Think about coming at it from a place of love and compassion. And when you start having thoughts of love and compassion for people, that stress is going to go away and you're going to be able to show up better. I want to give you one more example around this money thing. I'm an exotic pet vet, so I see a lot of birds. I see a lot of reptiles. I see a lot of tiny little pets that don't cost much money at the pet store. And so naturally, most of the decisions that clients make around these small, inexpensive pets come down to finances. And so I have to deal with this every day. And the way I deal with it, without getting upset about my lot in life, about being an exotic pet vet, without losing my cool when somebody pays 10 bucks for a bird and then won't spend 50 bucks to try to make him better because they could buy another bird for 10 bucks or 20 bucks, The way I manage my mind around this is just to be understanding and compassionate with people and realizing that most of our decisions in life come down to some sort of finances. And instead of thinking thoughts like, why do these people buy pets that are inexpensive and then think that the life is only worth what they paid for the pet, instead of thinking those kind of thoughts, I choose to think thoughts that I am in the best situation to help these pets for the least amount of money. I can be creative with the client's finances. I have the power to do what's best for this pet. And sometimes that might be euthanasia. And we can decide to think that that's sad and unfortunate. But I choose to think I have the power to alleviate this pet's suffering And if this person doesn't have the money power to alleviate the suffering or they don't have the emotional strength to do it, they don't have the physical strength in some instances because I have clients that can't handle their birds in order to medicate them and choose to euthanize rather than treat when I know perfectly well that this pet can be treated. It's the same as this financial discussion. I can choose to think that I am the best person for this job. Because I can help them navigate through their choices. I can help them navigate this situation. And that feels good. That is a thought that I choose to think. I choose not to focus on the fact that maybe this pet would be better off with somebody that wanted to spend the money on them. The reason I know this pet is the right pet for this person is because this person owns this pet. And so it's right, because it is. And that's how I can choose to think about it. And you can choose to think about it this way too. You have the power to control your thoughts. So being an exotic pet vet gives me plenty of practice in thinking better thoughts about my situation and my client's situations. If somebody cannot afford treatment for their pet, then I am the best person to help them figure out what they can afford. And I am the best person to help them make choices. And then I let it go. There's so many sad things that happen in the world and we can choose to feel sad about them. And sometimes I argue that we want to feel sad, but the trick is not living in that sadness. The trick is choosing better thoughts so we can show up better for our clients. We can choose to feel upset about the fact that our job revolves around money, or we can choose to feel good about the fact that people have some money to spend on their pets. And we have the power to design a treatment plan that fits within their budget. And it is not our responsibility. It's their responsibility. Just like it's our responsibility to deal with our personal finances and our choices, around how much money we spend on our pets. Yesterday, my dog Trent had a dental and I had to spend money on that. I got to choose when to do his dental, how to do his dental, what kind of medication I wanted to put him on and how much I was willing to spend on that. So we need to allow our clients to have that same privilege. Allow the space for them to make these money choices and not judge them. Think about it. Your thoughts create how you feel and then how you show up and how you act. And then the result that you're going to get from thinking better, feeling better and showing up better is you're going to have a better career and a better life and you're going to have a better day. It's going to be way less stressful if you're not hanging your whole day on these client decisions. So I know this has been a long discussion about this one little topic, but I think it's critical Into helping us feel good about what we do every day. And that's what it's all about. That's what this podcast is about. So let's feel good about money. Let's enjoy the challenge that we have around money. Okay, I think that's all I have to say about that today, but I'm sure we'll come back to this again. It's such a big topic, and personal finances are a big topic as well. So I want to talk about this some more, but I thought this would be a good start. Thanks so much for listening to me today. I appreciate it so much. If you have any stories about money from your veterinary life that you would like to share, send me an email at jacapeldvm at gmail.com. You can contact me via Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, or visit my website and sign up for my weekly words of support. Join in the conversation because we all need to support each other and we all deal with these subjects every day. Thanks so much for listening to me today. I appreciate you so much. I'll talk to you next week. Have a beautiful day. Bye.